How many are thankful for what God did in 2022? I got no complaints. And for those that got complaints, get rid of them. You made it. Amen. You can't look back. It's over. We're in 2023 now. We can't look to what was. We need to focus on what's going to happen now. And I truly believe in the Bible talking about sowing and reaping. And I believe what you put into 2023 is what you're going to get out of 2023. If you're going into this year with the same mentality you had last year, you're going to get the same results you got last year. But if you go into this year knowing I want greater, I want more, I know God's not done with me, I want to pursue him like never before, and sow those type of seeds, you're going to reap a harvest of blessing in your life. So I've titled today's message, The Seedbed of 2023. If you have your Bible, we're going to be in Galatians chapter 6, and we're going to read verse 7 through 9. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 through 9, it says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please his spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time. I want you to remember that. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. I said it to somebody yesterday, and I'll say it today. God did not bring us this far for us to fail. He brought us and you this far to continue to go further, to succeed. But what's Paul's first point here? Paul's first point is do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. This is his first point here. Some people today are mocking God. Not openly. They're not glaring up at the sky, laughing at God, taunting him, daring him to strike them down, but they are mocking him indirectly by the way they are living. By disregarding his claims on their life, ignoring God, ignoring his law, Ignoring his son Jesus Christ, living however they please with no thought or concern about God whatsoever. They think they're beating the system. They think they're getting away with it. They think that if they're clever enough to cover their tracks, as, as long as they can avoid being found out about and, or have exposure, and as long as no one finds out, they can do whatever they want. I mean, no, this isn't true. But what Paul is telling us here is they're not getting away with it. This is what Paul is saying here. They're not getting away with it because it's truly corroding their soul. It's destroying their integrity. It's eating away at the foundation of their relationships and placing a barrier between them and God. And sooner or later, it's going to come out. Sooner or later, they'll reap what they've been sowing. Everything we sow eventually bears fruit. It's the law of sowing and reaping. If what we're sowing is bad, then the harvest will be what? Good. You guys are getting this. But if what we sow is good, the harvest will be 
So it is important what we're sowing. If you read Job chapter 4, verse 8, it says this, As I have observed, those who plow evil and those who sow trouble reap it. Proverbs eleven eighteen: He who sows wickedness reaps trouble, and the rod of his fury will be destroyed. Hosea 10, verse 12, Sow for yourselves righteousness. Righteousness. Reap the fruit of unfailing love. So there's sowing and reaping, or you can look at it as deed and consequence. Two different things. I want to ask you a question this morning. I want you to think about this. What are you sowing in your life right now? Think about it. What are you sowing in your life right now? We're in the beginning of the year. I want you to think about this question. How did you spend last year? Are you giving any thought to what you're going to harvest from the seeds that you're planting right now? Are you seeking to please God? Sowing seeds of obedience and service? Or are you sowing seeds of sin that will produce destruction? Our words, our actions, and decisions are more important than you possibly can know. They echo through our lives. They don't just affect us, they affect those around us. And they ring into all eternity. I want to ask the parents something this morning. What are you sowing into your children's lives? What are you teaching them? Are you teach are you teaching them? What kind of example are you setting for your children? How are you preparing your children to walk with Christ in the world we're living in today? It's too quiet for me in here this morning. Amen. Lord, help me get through this. I feel like all eyes are on me right now really hard. But anyway, listen, how many know we live in a messed up, jacked up world? Right? We live in a world right now that if, if we don't teach our kids and, and, if, and if the people of God don't teach the children, if we don't get to them, the world will. And the world is trying really hard to, to put this thing into our kids and, and, and try, to, try to stray them away from the things of God. This is what the world is doing. If you don't believe this, you are blind as blind can be. So it is very important on what you're teaching your children. Can I tell you this? It's not the church's job to teach your kids. I've said this before, but it goes great with this message now too. So we'll repeat it. It's not the church's job to teach your kids. If you're a parent and a follower of Christ, it's your job to teach your kids in the ways of the Lord. Well, I bring them to children's church. Okay, you're, they're here for maybe an hour downstairs on Sunday mornings compared to every day of the week with you. Don't put all the load on the church when that's your responsibility. You are called to teach your children. Train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they'll not depart from it. And I, I want to remind some people right now, this doesn't mean, because I've met parents that are discouraged by this verse, because they think that if they train their kids right, they'll never stray away. It's not what this means. But it does mean that when they stray away, they will never forget the way. 
because you have trained them in the ways of the Lord. I know for myself, my parents did their best to train me in the ways of the Lord. I had my period where I wanted nothing to do with it. I didn't serve God. I wanted to do my own thing. But every time I was either getting ready to or was doing something stupid that I shouldn't do, I always knew in the back of my head how my parents trained me. But you know what? When you train your kids in the ways of the Lord, even when they stray away, you need to believe in faith. I've trained them, and God will bring them back. But if you do not train your kids, you can't say that. You can't. You must sow seeds into your children's lives and teach them to walk with God. What are you sowing in your own spiritual life? Look, I've said this before, but it's like Sunday's not enough. Sunday's not enough. And we got too many people coming to church, not just here, the church, all around, that this is the only spiritual time they have all week long. You will not make it or see better results in 2023 if you're only coming to church like you are and that's it, nothing during the week like you did in 2022. You must learn to feed yourself and encourage yourself. I don't necessarily need somebody to encourage me. Now, how many knows it's nice to have people that do? It's awesome. I'm thankful for the ones in my life that in my life that that encourage me in what I do and, and in my life. And I wouldn't want to trade that for anything. But there are times in your life where nobody's with you and nobody's around, and you're going, there's going things on in your life that you don't want to share with somebody else. And you must learn to encourage yourself in the Lord. David encouraged himself in the Lord when he was getting ready to face Goliath how did he encourage himself by reminding himself of what God has already done he said the same God that helped me defeat the lion the same God that helped me defeat the bear he's getting excited he's getting encouraged now this is the same God that's going to help me defeat this giant today He was encouraging himself. How can you encourage yourself? When you're facing something, you can say, you know what? God brought me through something before. He brought me through this last week. Last year when I shouldn't have made it, I made it. And the same God that did all that is going to bring me through 2023 stronger than I've ever gone through a year in my life. But what you sow is what you're going to reap. If your mentality is, I'm just going to go to church... I'm never going to open my Bible. I'm never going to. It's, it's crazy how some people think that they're not where they should be and, and they walk around depressed and defeated and, and the enemy's attacking them. And how many people I've asked, do you read your Bible and do you pray? No. If we believe the Bible's alive and active, why don't you read it knowing that it will change your life and your circumstance? But there's so many people in the church living defeated lives because they don't want to spend time with the one who wants to give them victory. Are you reading the Bible? Are you praying? Are you cultivating a relationship with God? I said it when I closed out worship with prayer this morning. The Bible says if we draw close to him, he will draw close to us. 
It doesn't say he's coming to me first. It says, as I step towards him, he in return stepped towards me. I have a choice to make. Am I going to go after him or am I going to stay where I am? When you take steps towards Christ, that's sowing seed in what you want to see happen. And a harvest will come of good fruit when you sow the seeds you need to sow. What kind of harvest are you expecting this year? What are you expecting? Are you sowing seeds to produce a strong faith? Faith and joy and peace? Are you expecting a harvest of flowers and fruits and vegetables or weeds? You will get what you sow. What are you sowing into your relationship with your spouse? Criticism, neglect, disapproval? Then you shouldn't be surprised if those seeds produce a harvest of thorns and thistles. What about your relationships with other people? Are you sowing seeds of peace? Or are you sowing seeds of discord? This is a very important one. What are you filling your mind with? That's a part of sowing. What are you filling your mind with? I believe as a believer of Christ and Jesus living inside of me that I can rebuke any thought of the enemy and any thought that's not of God. And if you allow thoughts to stay in your mind that shouldn't be there and you continue to allow those seeds to get into your mind, you're eventually going to reap a harvest of something that's not so good. It's important what you allow in your mind. But you know what, you, you know what is something that can help you with your mind? is the part of sowing and reaping is what you watch and what you listen to. What you watch and what you listen to. I'll be honest enough to tell you that it was, I, I used to love scary movies. I did. Yes, Pastor John has watched some horror movies. I have. But you know what? I dealt with some things in my life where I came to a place I said, I can't do that anymore. I can't do that anymore. Why? Because it was messing with my mind. There was things I was like fearful of, like that, and, or always like I'd be out in the middle of nowhere or something, and you know, and you think about these random scenes on these movies you watched, and I'd get scared to death. Look, you're talking to somebody that's almost thirty years old, and I hate the dark still. I'm honest with you. I hate it. I tell people all the time when I go hunting. I'm not the type of hunter that's going out there an hour before daylight. I'm not going through the woods by myself at dark. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. I own that. And I usually leave my tree stand, so I at least have five minutes of daylight walking back out to where my car is. I'll be man enough to admit it, and if there's somebody here that else that don't want to admit it, that's on you, but I, this is where I'm at. But you know what doesn't help things like that is what you watch and what you listen to. Seriously, and we think it's silly, but it really is important. Because when you watch things you shouldn't watch, you can sow seeds of fear into your life. Anxiety into your life. Things that you know that would never happen, but yet you still think that it could. <laughs> Seriously. Because it's very important. That's why do you think a lot of these shows now that people are putting out are trying to put all these worldly views into them now because they want to get into children's heads. This is, this is what they want to get in your, because what you watch goes into your mind. Look, 
You want to know what I watch most of the time at my house now? You're all going to think it's silly. We're a family of like Little House on the Prairie, the Waltons. We, we watched all the Waltons. Like we had, I think we've watched the whole series like five times already since we lived at the house. Seriously, the Waltons, Little House on the Prairie, Full House, like just all these old stuff that we used to watch growing up. But you know what? At the end of the day, if I know some of the stuff that's out there that I'm not, my kids aren't getting that in their heads and things like that, I don't care what anybody thinks. I don't. Because I know it's important what you allow into your head and what you allow into your children's head. Now, don't leave this place and say, well, Pastor John's getting all, you know, I can't do this and I can't do No, you follow your conviction. You follow your conviction. Because you know what? Nobody's truly going to change anything unless they truly fall under conviction. I have convictions for my house and my family. I'm going to go with my convictions whether you think they're nuts or not. That's what, they, that's what it is. Why? Because I'm responsible for my house. You're responsible for your house. And if there's anything that you have inside of you that has a check or that you feel like there's a, some type of conviction, I'm going to tell you that you need to follow and submit under the Lord's conviction. Because if you don't, there's going to be results because you disobeyed and didn't fall into that. You're going to fall into other things or your children will fall into other things because you did not, as the leaders of your home, fall under the conviction of the Holy Spirit. It's important. You need to protect yourself. You need to protect your kids. You need to protect your home. If you want to see different things in your home in 2023, do different things in your home in 2023. What are you filling your mind with? How are you spending your time and money? What kind of seeds are you planting in those areas? What kind of fruit are you expecting? Here's the key. We don't have a choice as to whether the law of sowing and reaping is going to apply in our lives or not. There's no choice. It will. A man reaps what he sows. If God's word said it, you can't change it. If this is what it says, it will happen. There's no choice. We don't have a choice whether the seeds we plant are going to bear fruit or not. They will. But it's what kind of fruit is what's important. And we don't have the option of harvesting good fruit without first planting the seeds. The only choice we have is what kind of seeds are we going to plant. That's the choice that you do have. The choices you're making today, the actions you're taking today with respect to your family, your marriage, your children, your relationship with God, your time, your money, these will bear fruit. Either good fruit that will bring joy or bad fruit that will bring heartache and sorrow. We must decide. What's it going to be? I believe sometimes we put way too much responsibility on God and not enough responsibility on ourselves. We blame God, we blame the devil instead of saying, I made that choice. Why is God doing this to me? No, why did you do that to yourself? Why is the enemy, do why is the enemy doing this to me? No, what did you allow into your life to open the door for the enemy to have access we can't blame God. We can't blame the enemy. We have to look at our life and say, are there areas in my life that I'm sowing bad seed? 
And if there is, you need to be willing to fall under the guidance of the Lord that shows you what those things are so you can remove those things and therefore start planting good seed. Now about this time, I expect that some of you are starting to form some objections, maybe some questions, because the law of sowing and reaping, although it's absolutely true, is not necessarily simple in its application. I mean, just because the Bible says something's true doesn't mean it's always easy. Right? For example, sometimes the good fruit doesn't look all that good to us. We do our best to obey God. We pray, we read our Bible, we speak the truth, we seek peace with others, we stay faithful to our spouses, and we love our kids. And yet, things still go wrong. Amen? Things still go wrong. Conflict, bitterness, angry words, betrayal, tears, sorrow. What gives? I thought that if I sowed good things, I would receive a good harvest. But I want you to look back again at what Paul was saying again in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 through 9. Do not be deceived, God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature from the nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Ready? This is important. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time. Why would it say not get weary if it was easy? Why would it tell us not to get weary in doing good if we were always seeing the results right when we wanted to see them? And if we always had the prayer answered right away, right when we wanted it. There's going to be times where you sow and you sow and you sow and you haven't seen it yet because maybe it's just simply not the proper time. It says because in the proper time you will reap a harvest if we do not give up. You know why a lot of people haven't reaped a harvest? Because they gave up right when the harvest was getting ready to come into their life. We've got too many people this past couple years, people that I even knew and, and people that some of you, you knew that they were on fire for God or they had a relationship with God and then everything the past couple years happened and they're so far from God now it's not even funny. And half of them it was right when God was ready to do something in their life. But the enemy distracted them. They started sowing bad seed in their life and they got a bad harvest. But this says to not give up. Why would it encourage us not to give up if it was easy? It wouldn't say this. It wouldn't say anything about being weary because who would be weary if everything was going the way they wanted it to? I wouldn't be. That's awesome. But if it's not going the way you want it to all the time and the harvest isn't there right when you want it, sometimes you can get weary and you start to feel burdened. And, is this really going to happen? And he says, do not get weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And as I was putting this message together, I really felt like looking over the past couple years, there, there, I, I've mentioned this before, but it goes along with this. When I first got here, there were times when, you can ask my wife, I wanted to run. I did. I wanted to go. And sometimes I was this close to taking opportunities to do that. But every time in my spirit, God said, don't. 
always told me to stay, never to leave, not to give up. And as I read these scriptures right here, do not become weary and do it for at the proper time. And as I look around even the room today, if I would have just gotten weary and everybody who started out here just got weary and we decided to hightail and run and give up, we wouldn't have reaped the harvest at the proper time. But this church is reaping a harvest. We're reaping a harvest, and we're going to continue to reap a harvest. Why? Because as we're not becoming weary, and as we don't give up, and we continue to keep our hands to the plow, not looking back. Why? Because God says anybody who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the service of the kingdom of God. We need to keep our hands to the plow, not looking back. We've had great times. We've had not so great times, but we cannot look back. We need to keep our hands to the plow, knowing that God, as we plant the seeds, is going to continually bring the harvest in your life and in this church by the power of Jesus Christ. It will happen. But what do we see here? Paul thought it was necessary to caution us against becoming weary. He spoke about reaping a harvest at the proper time. Why? Because sometimes the harvest doesn't come when we expect or when we desire. Sometimes the harvest, ready, takes months or decades. Let me tell you this, and this is why I want to encourage you again about your kids. Your children, you may say something to them that you forget, but which sticks with them for years afterwards. That can be good, or it can be bad. How many of you here have had stuff spoken over you, not so good, and it's held on for years? But then there's ones that have been spoken great things over and you've held on to that for years. It has the same results one way or another, but it's your choice what you're speaking over your children. Sometimes the harvest comes too late for us even to see it. How do I see this? Moses died before entering the promised land. I might plant seed today, but I might never see the harvest of it somebody started it somebody started planting those seeds sometimes we're unaware of who we've influenced and the fruit appears when we're not around you don't know how many seeds you planted where somebody's gone home and laid in bed at night thinking about that seed you planted into their life what you spoke over them what you said to them I've, I've talked to people in ministry where they said I ran into somebody the other day I'm just going to say Walmart because that's my favorite place to go. At Walmart. And I ran into somebody I didn't even remember. And they remembered that I said something to them years ago that, years ago that helped them through life. I've heard people say stories like they didn't even remember. They didn't even remember the person. It was so long ago. But that person remembered it. It's very important what we're sowing out of our words into people's lives. And in some cases, the harvest just doesn't come in this life at all. We don't like to hear that. But our reward will be well done, thou good and faithful servant. And you are going to walk into an eternal harvest.
Some things you might never see here on this earth, but one of the greatest things you can ever have for a result is getting there someday and him saying, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Here's another thing. Not only does the fruit sometimes appear at a time we don't expect, sometimes it appears in a form we don't recognize as good fruit. We were expecting strawberries, but we got potatoes. I'm getting somewhere. Sometimes the result of obedience is not an improvement in our circumstance, but a strengthening of our faith and a refining of our character. God in his wisdom defines that as good fruit. Your circumstance might be there, but your character is changed. That's good fruit. Your circumstance might not have gone away, but man, you got more faith in God than you ever had before. That's good fruit. Even though we may be looking for something else. So what should we be doing? Just doing whatever we feel like, hoping for the best? A garden treated that way will produce nothing but weeds. We need to reflect on how we're living. We need to consider what kind of seeds we're going to be planting in 2023. We need to work diligently to plant the right kinds of seeds so we won't be disappointed at harvest time. We need to place our trust and our confidence in God. Because only He can produce a good harvest. Only Him. We've tried so many different things in this world. People have tried so many different things to do this and do that, and the results are going to be wonderful. God is the only one that will truly produce a harvest in your life. Do you know you can have a great harvest when you feel like you've got nothing? Do you know you can have nothing in this world? You can feel like you're the brokest, the poorest, like you've got nothing going good for you. You're not like them other people. they got all kinds of things. You cannot have all kinds of things and have the greatest harvest reaping in your life. And there's people that have all kinds of things that are not reaping a harvest at all of good things. Why? Because they're chasing after things. They're chasing after that, the materials. And Scripture says you can gain the whole world but lose your own soul. I don't want to chase after things. I want to chase after Him. I don't want to sow into the world and the things of this world. I want to sow in the kingdom of God because only He will bring the harvest and the increase. His power and grace, that's the only way it's through. And not because of our effort, because we can't do it on our own. I'm going to close out with this. Last verse here. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6 through 7. I planted the seed. Apollos watered it. But God made it grow. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything. but only God who makes things grow. If we're all honest with ourselves, we can all admit that without Him, we are nothing. Without Him, we are nothing. 
you might plant. Somebody else might come along behind you and water. But at the end of the day, even if you two do that all day long, it's God who makes it grow. How can we put this in perspective with our children? Plant the seed, water it, and pray that God will supply the growth. God's got to do it. He does. God will make things grow. Maybe you're here this morning, I feel like I need to say this. I don't know if there's anybody here that's, that's thinking about this, but maybe you're thinking about either starting a business or pursuing some type of business. If you plant the right type of seeds and you water it properly, God will make it grow. God will make it grow. Why? Because Scripture says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and then all these things shall be added unto you you have your family, maybe you have a business, I don't care what it is, God should be number one even in your business. God should be number one in your business because as you seek Him first, all these things shall be added unto you. He must be number one. Some of you have had such a hard time this past year sowing good seeds simply because of the fact that He has not been number one. He has to be number one. He has to be. There is no other option. Either he's number one or everything else is. God should not be our, the last thing we go to. He should be the first person we, we, we go after in everything that we do. When I say everything, I mean everything. You need a new car? Ask God for wisdom on what you should buy. You need a new house? Ask God for wisdom on what you should buy. You need somebody to come fix something at your house? Ask God for wisdom on who you should have come fix something at your house. God wants to be number one in every area. Physically, spiritually, emotionally, financially, he must be number one. And if he's not number one, you will not be blessed in 2023. I promise you. Well, Pastor, that's kind of me. No, it's biblical. If he's not number one, and if there's no obedience, and if there's no faithfulness, and you do not make a commitment to keep him number one, you will not be blessed. Blessings come when you're faithful. Blessings come when you sow the right seeds. Blessings come when you're committed to the things of God. And blessings come when you're all in to the kingdom of God. It's not about you. It's about Him. He guides you. He directs you. And as you continue to plant the seed and be faithful, I truly believe that that's when this year could be your greatest year yet. I think we can all be honest enough and say to ourselves, I fell short in some areas in 2022. 
probably a lot of areas. If we're honest with ourselves, we could admit this. But you know what? It's gone. It's gone. It's not there anymore. Literally, it's completely gone. You have today, and you have from today moving forward. Yeah, you might have fallen short in 2022, and you made some mistakes, and maybe you didn't sow some of the right seeds, but don't hold on to that thinking, well, that's just the way I'm, I am. That's who I am. That's what I do. That's what my mom and dad did. That's how my grandparents lived. Look, this pastor here doesn't believe in generational curses. I don't believe you have to be cursed living the way your family members lived. Just because somebody in your household growing up was an addict, an addict doesn't mean you have to remain an addict. Just because your parents were abusive to you doesn't mean you have to be abusive to your children. Just because people spoke words of death over your life doesn't mean you're supposed to speak words of death over other people's lives. This year, it can stop today. And you say, as for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. I am not going to live with the curse of how everybody else did. I'm going to live how God has called me to live. I'm going to sow the right seed, and I am going to reap an abundant harvest. Because that's his word. Chains can be broken. People can be set free because of Jesus Jesus some of you are still here this morning holding on to things that somebody did to you in the beginning of 2022 and that's foolish and you need to let it go you will never have the abundant life holding on to garbage from 2022 that God does not want you to take into the new year Pastor John that's me no it's biblical forgive as I have forgiven you and if you can't forgive others, he says, I will not forgive you. I've had to deal with the forgiveness topics. I've had to deal with stuff like this in my own life. I've had to forgive people that didn't deserve it. They didn't, but you know what? I didn't deserve it. I didn't. But I forgave. Why? Because forgiving somebody isn't always necessarily for that person. It's so you can continue to move forward. Some of you this year going into 2023, you need to learn to forgive and let go. Or you'll never receive the fullness that God has for your life. Holding on to things that God never intended for you to hold on to. Let it go. Well, Pastor John, you don't know what they did to me. Let it go. I don't have to know what they did to you. Let it go. Pastor John, it hurt. Yeah, it hurt. Probably did hurt. I've been hurt before. Let it go. Because I know what holding on to things can do. Let me tell you what, holding on to things can kill the anointing on your life. Holding on to unforgiveness can kill the anointing on your life. And I believe as a child of God, we're all called to walk under the anointing of God because he lives inside of us. That's an anointing killer on your life is when you hold on to things that you shouldn't hold on to. I'm not saying it didn't hurt. I'm not saying the pain wasn't real. I'm not saying what somebody said they probably shouldn't have said. Scripture says if, if I don't forgive, he won't forgive me. You need to sow seeds of forgiveness. So you can have a harvest of moving forward in every area of, of your life, not having anything holding you back. Being completely free and at peace, let me tell you what, that's a harvest. 
There were some people in my life back a couple years ago that I was still holding things on to. And you know what? I had to forgive. And whether you realize it, because you probably wouldn't have realized it anyway. But when I forgave, and I didn't hold on to anything anymore that I shouldn't hold on to, let me tell you what. What God did with me behind this pulpit right here was more powerful than it was when I was holding on to things I shouldn't hold on to. Sometimes years back, five, six, seven years ago, when I would preach on forgiveness, I would feel like a hypocrite because I knew that I was still holding on to some things that I shouldn't hold on to. Is it okay to get real? But you know what? As soon as I let those things go, let me tell you what, it was like boulders coming off of my shoulders and I had a freedom that I never experienced before. And that's why I can stand here today and tell you without a doubt, if you forgive... You'll feel a sense of release in your life. You'll sense a peace in your life. And that heaviness that you've been carrying from what somebody did or what somebody said, you do not have to carry that any longer. That person might never even give you another thought. Some of them don't care if you forgive them or not because they don't want your forgiveness and they're not asking for your forgiveness. If you're waiting for somebody to come to you and say, I'm sorry, forgive me, you're going to wait a long time on some people. And some people, it'll probably never happen. So it's just time to spiritually put your work clothes on and stop sucking on a bottle and, and get out there and actually work and do what God has called you to be man up, woman up, and do what God said, forgive so you can move forward. Is that all right this morning? Plant seeds of forgiveness so you can experience peace by the power of Jesus Christ.